Hi, everybody, and thanks so much for joining us today on episode 13 of the Positive Talk podcast. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend and clinical therapist, Julie Homrich. And we're talking today about building healthy friendships. We all have friendships, and they're at different levels, I think, and often they change in the seasons of our life. Mm-hmm. You know, being a pastor, at times what I see is friendships are there for seasons often, and they're there for great purpose. C.S. Lewis, a great theologian, once said, friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, what, you too? I thought I was the only one. I love that quote because, Julie, one of the things that I've learned about friendships are that some of the best friendships I have in my life, God literally put them in my life and intersected my life at a space and a time where it was almost impromptu, serendipitous, mm-hmm. however you want to describe it, but they stuck. Yep. I mean, you've got some of those, don't you? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just to be clear, we believe a, a spouse or a significant other takes a, a higher and more special priority in our life, same with our kids, but mm-hmm. they teach us a lot about the core things in relationships, but a friend is also an important relationship no matter how you look at it. Our friendships deserve to be cared for and grown as well, because friendships hold a great deal of value, even if it's not romantic, and especially ones where we are bonded in some degree of faith. Mm -hmm. So one of the core beliefs here at Positive Talk is that we can integrate faith and psychology, and this is never more evident than in our personal relationships, our friends. You know, I've been blessed with some great long-term friendships, and these are the ones that have taught me a lot on what it means to be supportive, caring, consistent, open, and plenty of other things. The Bible talks about friendships a great deal, and one of the most powerful perspectives I think the Scriptures teach us is that we can have purposeful, deeply trusted friendships. Mm -hmm. And these are friendships that go above and beyond. There's a bond made through how we interact and how we act. So when asked about the difference in friends and more purposeful friends, I like to explain it this way. A purpose turns something ordinary into something very special. It is something significant that shouldn't be taken lightly. Purposeful friends are a two-way street. It is where we give and we take and where my purpose is strengthened with my friend and my friend's purpose is strengthened by their friendship with me. You know, the Bible states that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So the scripture is basically saying we are better together. So Julie and I thought we would throw a few thoughts at you today about what we could do to maybe help build healthy, purposeful relationships. And it all starts with this one. It is not all about you. Now, that seems simple enough, Julie, but being self-focused is a huge problem in our society. Learning not to be so self-focused will benefit not just your friendships, but all of your relationships. 
That is so true, Chuck. And I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, you know, why do we tend to be self-focused in friendships? And I think a lot of reasons come to mind beyond just what we might think of in terms of someone being selfish. You know, sometimes from a clinical perspective, untreated anxiety actually makes us come across as only focused on ourselves. We might be so focused on being interesting to someone that we forget to be interested in them. You know, I've heard it said, and I love this, that there are two types of people, the type of people who walk into a room and say, here I am, versus the type of person who walks into a room and exclaims, there you are, being interested in others truly interested, not just faking it, is much more meaningful than being a person who always has maybe the most exciting things to say. So in that regard, I would say to build healthy friendships, we can be mindful of our anxiety. If you find that you're spending the majority of your time with friends monopolizing the conversation because you're anxious to seem interesting or nervous about what to say, or maybe even fearful of what they think of you, Consider that you may be presenting a much different persona to your friend than you actually intend. You know, there are many ways to treat anxiety, and doing so will invariably help all your relationships, especially your friendships. These, these, this is something that's fascinating to me because I've seen this happen. Have you ever, Julie, been in a conversation with somebody, mm -hmm. and they were looking at you? Mm -hmm. they, they could hear you, mm -hmm. but you knew they were looking straight past you Through thinking you. about what <laughs> yeah. you yeah think about this. i'm not listening to you really yeah I, mean, I hear you yeah but what i'm really thinking about what i'm about to say to you or eat for dinner yeah. or what happened yeah. last week i'll never forget i walked into a room and i was probably mid-30s or mm -hmm. so and it was a big deal i mean it was like a big ballroom it's mm -hmm. the coat and tie the whole deal right mm -hmm. and uh my friend who had invited me to this gathering he was talking to at the time a really big shot in like church world you yeah. know and by the way when you say that it's oxymoronic right a really big <laughs> shot you know in, in like the whole spiritual leadership that sounds worse yeah anyway <laughs> He stops in mid-sentence with this person when he sees me and looks and says, Chuck, I'm so glad you're here. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself then, what a great guy. And we're still friends after all these years yeah. because he had the ability to recognize it wasn't about him. It wasn't about the big deal. I had arrived, and as a friend, he said, Hey, I'm so glad you're here. It's good to see you. Yeah, man. how fun is that? So the second one we wanted to give you some insight on is if you want a safe place with your friend, you need to be a safe place for your friend. No matter what your friend is going through, be a place that they can run to. Don't be too quick to judge them, but be willing to listen to them and help them. Mm. Yeah, and this kind of goes back to another golden rule, right? We say this to our kids, to have a friend be a friend, right. right? But I think some of us don't really know. We hear safe place and we, we think, how do we become a safe place for a friend? What does that even look like? And so therapeutically, we would say that safety in relationships are categorized by a number of things, but two primary things are trust and being comfortable with emotional intimacy. Mm. So if you find that you have a hard time sticking to your word or keeping other stories confidential, that's that trust piece. Or if you feel just really uncomfortable when others express vulnerability or need, and that's that emotional intimacy piece, 
those things could be hindering your ability to be a safe place for a friend. Wow. Now, that was uh, that was pretty deep in that brief segment, Julie. I mean, that took me a little further than I might have been wanting to go. <laughs> but honestly, how healthy is that to recognize? Let's throw another short one out, which is be authentic. Don't hide who you really are. Now, th- that sounds like, okay, if I'm with a friend, I am being authentic. But the truth is, I run across many people who are constantly not who they truly are because they have created a persona that they're trying to present themselves to be. And then I think what happens often in that situation is the person that you're in front of, you try to tell them what they want to hear. Mm. And then the next person you do the same with. And before long, you've got commitments you just can't keep and the relationships get really entangled in a mess. And inauthentic. So the next one is, let's be an encourager to our friends and be willing to pray for them. I always say this in jest, but I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. And what I found in my little Baptist roots were when people say, I'll pray for you, <laughs> that usually means the conversation's over. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really mean I'm going to pray for you. Mm-hmm. It just, it was a way you ended a conversation. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to friends, I I think if you're truly going to be an encouraging to your friends, you you are making commitment that I am going to pray for you. I'm pulling for you. Mm-hmm. I I want the best for you. And the way I speak of you is the same in front of you that I do when you're nowhere in earshot. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a big deal because then you know that I am a safe place right? because I can be an encourager, not a fake encourager. Let your encouragement be true and real. This mm-hmm. is a big deal. I mean, sure, you can go to the movies and you can chit chat, but when you pray for each other and even minister and care for each other, it creates a deeper bond. I mean, it's on a spiritual level, not just an emotional level. And this is what I think the Bible refers to as real fellowship. Right. You know, prayer and ministry don't have to be in the four walls of the church. As a matter of fact, they should be way beyond that. Go ahead and don't be afraid to bring God into your friendship. First uh, Timothy 2.1 says, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. I think really Paul's trying to get at this big issue of, wait a minute, we we can pray for and with our friends. And I've discovered, just like in a marriage, when you pray out loud with your friend, there is a bond that is like you've been in the you've been in the, the same ditch fighting the same war, and there's a there's a connection there that, mm-hmm. that really is beyond just, hey, how you doing? Prayer is truly a bonding agent. Yeah. It's created yeah. that way. You know, I've, I've discovered, Julie, that when we pray out loud, like when two people pray out loud together, mm-hmm. it's almost impossible to hang on to bitterness or resentment or anger when you kind of triangulate that relationship mm-hmm. between two people and get God at the top of that triangle. It shifts so, your attention. Yeah, exactly. So let's move on then and talk about, let's being, be fully present for them in difficult times and in easy times. Now, I've gotten to know you well enough to know that you do this really well. We, we have to learn, like the book of Romans says, to learn to rejoice with people that rejoice and mourn with people that are mourning. But nothing will kill a friendship like not responding well to the season that God has them in. I remember when I lost my wife, some friends responded super well to my mourning and encouraged and supported me. And there were others that honestly, they they went AWOL. Mm -hmm. And 
I look back and I think, I wonder how that happened. Sometimes it's just people don't know what to do. What to do. You know? And so I think we have to, you know, leave room for grace there. But on the flip side, I recently talked to a friend who was taking a new job and moving to another state because it was like his dream job. He's super excited to say the least. But here's the thing. He was also heartbroken that when he told a buddy that was like his best buddy that he was moving, they responded so poorly to his announcement and said something that really just wasn't very kind. I mean, that relationship is probably blown up forever. Mm. And some of that happens when we just don't recognize rejoicing and rejoicing, mourning and mourning. Remember, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. This sums up the whole law of the prophets. Yeah, and I love how you mentioned that, you know, sometimes we just don't necessarily know what to do when a friend is going through something and being able to extend that grace. And another thing that we can do, if you don't know what to do when a friend is going through something hard, you can ask them. I think sometimes we forget that. We just expect that we should know exactly what they need. But you could say something like, gosh, I'm so sorry, or I'm so sad that you're going through this, and I really want to help you. You What would feel most helpful right now? And sometimes they might not know the answer to that, and that's when you can perhaps throw out a few options. But asking that question, I think we sometimes forget to do that. I think that's, that's absolutely true. I'm I've been working hard recently. I mean, I've confessed to you that I'm not a natural encourager, you know, so it's something I have to work on. But one of the things that I really have begun to do, and I have found that that God uses it in a super cool way, Mm -hmm. is when you ask somebody, what can I do to help you? Mm -hmm. You're very good at that. You know, and when when you ask that question, you're breaking down so many barriers. Mm -hmm. So here's one that I think is um, a great challenge for all of us. Mm-hmm. Don't cubbyhole your friend or try to change their personhood. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think at times what we want is, I want everybody to agree with me. I want everybody Be to affirm like me. me. <laughs> yeah. So we all have quirks and dreams and things we like. And, and our friends may be similar to those or not. But don't try to change a friend to fit your idea of what they should be or what you would like them to be. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about sin issues here, just normal things in our personality that are different. If your friend is dealing with a sin issue, then speak with them in love and help them. Don't feel comfortable doing that? Well, then pray for them. But be honest and recognize who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... in. Kind of going back to our discussion earlier about speaking to a friend and being assertive versus being aggressive or passive, I think another key approach when giving feedback, if somebody is struggling with something, we can ask permission first. We could simply say, you know, I've noticed something that's concerning to me and I care about you. Would you be open to hearing my concern? And if they say no, they're probably not ready to hear it anyway. Um, I know for me, my friendships changed significantly when I realized that there were those different levels of connection and purposes for friendships like you were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. So as a four on the Enneagram, I used to feel like I was just perpetually different from other people, (laughs) just misunderstood. Okay, but just for the record, you are different than most people. I'm a four, so I always think there's something defective or something wrong or something different. But I also thought this in friendships, and I thought, you know, I'm not really capable of being 
being known because of that. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the challenge. I thought that if I couldn't be known fully, then I shouldn't try to be known at all. Wow. And this led me to believe that I needed to connect with a friend completely on all levels to have mm. a friendship with them at all. But once I did what you were saying, once I learned to accept friends for who they are, I actually began to celebrate the diversity of their roles in my life. And I looked at our differences not as a sign that we shouldn't be friends, but as this beautiful opportunity to learn from the many different temperaments and experiences and strengths of my friends. And this quote by Thomas Merton conceptualizes this really well. He says, the beginning of love is to let those we love be perfectly themselves and not to twist them to fit our own image. Otherwise, we love only the reflection of ourselves we find in them. I I love Merton, but that particular quote, I feel like it slaps me every now and then. It's convicting for yeah, sure. Yeah, it truly is. So here's another thought, and that is, let's invest our time into our friends even when it is inconvenient. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a great challenge. It is to me to slow my life down long enough to prioritize meaningful, purposeful relationships. It's, It's incredibly difficult to be friends or keep friendships with someone if there's no time spent in communicating and interacting or just staying at a surface level. Mm-hmm. Try to connect with your friend over the phone, meet up for coffee, go to an event together, or go on some friend outing, like it, guys, girls, whatever it is, just do something that you enjoy. I, I have found this, that when you start with the intent to create a memory, especially those that have the funniest remembrances, <laughs> yeah. this is going to deepen and strengthen the friendship because mm-hmm. it reveals, and it's almost like you cannot hide you have to be transparent yeah. in those moments. And they become a part of your story. You know, I'm on a quote roll today, apparently. But yeah. another quote that I love is that, you know, good friends know your stories and great friends help you write them. So you're really bringing them into the fold of your life by spending time together. That is, uh, good friends know your stories. Great friends help you write them. I <laughs> love that. I, I feel like this partnership we have with Positive Talk podcast. Someday in the future, Julie, we're going to look back and laugh at some of these things, <laughs> especially the outtakes of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So let's jump to another. Let's be willing to confront our friends mm. and not become defensive when they confront you. Okay. We, we save that one toward the end because that is a bucket full of challenges. That's hard. Because sometimes things get said or done that can hurt your feelings. So don't be afraid to talk to your friend about it. Mm -hmm. The key is to remember to not talk to them in anger or here's the challenge in Mm self-righteousness. Yeah, you know, I think about the scripture that talks about love believing the best, right? And I think when we confront another person, we have the option to assume positive intent in Mm -hmm. what they did or said versus just assuming that they're out there trying to make our lives harder or more difficult. It's probably not the intent there. Brene Brown, who I'm a big fan of, she says in her book, Dare to Lead, 
that whether or not their intent was positive, she said, quote, I know my life is better when I work from the assumption that everyone is doing the best they can. That is so good. Quote. Yeah, so I just I have, I have this question, you know, what would happen if we assumed people were doing the best they could and instead of judging them, we sought to support them while maintaining our boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think we could really love them where they are and help them toward God's call for their lives. I am... I am possibly the world's biggest Brene Brown fan. Like, if she says it or writes it, I always learn something from it. That's how I knew as a therapist this would be a a good partnership. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) truly, she is so bright. But that particular quote is absolutely, for a driven person like me, Mm -hmm. causes me to stop and recognize we all have assumptions of the people that step into our lives. Mm -hmm. And those assumptions can get us in real trouble when we don't take the time simply to ask about clarification. Yes. Big deal. So let's get to the last one. And this is the one that, you know, uh, how how could I be a preacher and not throw this out there? Mm -hmm. And the last one is just love your friend. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it's, it's exactly what you were mentioning, talking about 1 Corinthians 13. I mean, come on. The foundation of our friendships has to come from a place of God's love. Yeah. Not about what we can get out of the connection. I mean, uh, you know these concepts of networking? Do you yeah. network well? I am an introvert, so I'm not the best at networking. So I despise networking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just it just drives me crazy because the concept is at the at the core. Mm-hmm. If I get to know you, you can help yeah. me do something. Gives, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or if I get to know you, you might hire me or mm-hmm. connect me. That, that with feels it. so transactional that mm-hmm. there's no transformation and friendship that's happening. So mm-hmm. I would just say for all of us, be willing to just love your friend. Now, if you're a man and you're listening to this podcast and you say, I'm never saying to another guy, I love you, get over that. (laughs) I mean, seriously, if you you can't love your friend, something's wrong. Mm. But I do think when you truly love your friend, you're you're committing, I'm going to pray for that friend. I'm going to be a good friend. Mm -hmm. Even if I get hurt, I'm not going to lose heart. And I'm going to keep the standard of what a good friend looks like. Yeah, and seek to become the kind of person who attracts that type of person in our friendships, in our relationships, and in our life in general. Absolutely. So as we wrap up this segment on episode 13 of the Positive Talk podcast, I want to encourage you that you might be one of those people that are saying, you know, Chuck, Julie, I wish I had good friends. And here's my encouragement to you. Begin to pray about those. God, would you put that kind of friend in my path? I mean, he is faithful and just to answer our prayers. And I encourage you, don't be ashamed, don't be embarrassed before God to simply say, would you put those people in my life? Because he's waiting for you to to get involved and let him get involved in your life to that degree. Also, don't be afraid of serendipitous relationships. When people step into your life, there's a reason. And embrace that. And then finally, my encouragement is be willing to have friends that are really outside of your norm. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I have I have become a dear friend with Julie, mm-hmm. but we we could not be more different than any two people <laughs> I know on the planet. And yet there is a kindred spirit that's grounded in this one thing. We really want to serve you well. Yeah. And to do that, we integrate faith 
and psychology because we know that that's a hand-in-glove experience. So we want to thank you for joining us on today's episode and look forward to you joining us every Thursday when we roll out another episode of the Positive Talk Podcast. God bless you. Go in peace. Go in peace.